G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You're going to enjoy the conversation over this next hour. It'll be a challenging one for some, and I do want to invite you to lean in a little closer to the radio and take in some of the things we'll talk about today. And hopefully, by the end of our conversation, there'll be a real clarity around some of the conspiracy theories that have emerged about coronavirus. So we're digging a little deeper to get to the bottom of understanding facts around the coronavirus pandemic. And as with so many major issues, there are those who can catastrophize or look for what may be irrational ways to point the finger of blame. Now, you will have heard some conspiracy theories like 5G technology transmits the virus or a vaccine would be used for mind control. Or you might be a little less dramatic and more concerned about big government, record levels of debt and the negligible effect of economic hibernation and shutdowns. Well, we'd always do well to check to see if theories have any sound evidence or come from a reliable source. Since the start of the pandemic, hundreds of websites have sprung to life, spreading all sorts of claims that will inevitably be false, or what might come under the category of fake news. And perhaps conspiracy theories have things in common. And if we don't get the facts straight, we're vulnerable to believing anything. So an opportunity today to explore some of the more outlandish conspiracy theories around coronavirus and ask about how you might test the authenticity of various theories. And who better to talk through some of these issues today? Dr. Don Batten, who leads the internationally renowned Creation Ministries. Don, special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Good to be with you again. Well, Don, great to talk to you about this. And uh, let me just start with this, because this is such an important issue, because you're a creationist, a defender of the biblical account of how everything came to be. Yes, indeed. And we might even say right at the beginning of a conversation like this, and while we're going to talk about coronavirus, uh, I suspect we could get into the idea that there are all sorts of other theories that have emerged to be counteracting this biblical idea of creation. Is this a a conspiracy theory issue that you work with on a day-to-day basis? Well, yes, in a sense, uh, the idea that everything evolved and it got nothing to do with it and just made itself this big bang billions of years ago and here we all are, we're a cosmic accident, this sort of thing permeates society today and, of course, that sidelines God. Uh, sidelines our creator who made us all and made made the universe and uh, he made us in his image and these things are just pushed to the side because this other idea has taken over society and it permeates our schools and universities and everything. And, and then people wonder things like, well, where, where does a virus that caused disease, where does that fit into God's good creation? You know, that's a, that's a, big, a big question, you know. And, uh, of course, everything was very good in the beginning. God made everything very good. And uh, that means that if he made viruses, they had a good purpose. 
And uh, you think, well, hang on a minute, viruses have a good purpose? Yes, indeed. Uh, you, you know, uh, in us we have more bacteria than we have of our own cells. That's a bit, perhaps a bit scary, but those bacteria, most people know that they're good bacteria. You know, you have yogurt and, and things like that, and that's good for your gut and it's good for you. And But that's just the tip, of the tip of the iceberg in terms of the goodness that bacteria are for us. But also viruses, we have more viruses than we have bacteria. So this is, I think, well, hang on a minute, I don't want viruses. No, no, the virus is actually doing good. They're actually controlling, they're like a regulator system to regulate the number of bacteria. That's one of the things they do. And so we have all these viruses which are part of our healthy living, you know. So what about the the ones that cause disease? Well, they've gone wrong. Somewhere or other something's gone wrong. What's gone wrong? Well, at the beginning, when God made everything very good, of course, mankind sinned, rebelled, turned against God, and God withdrew, withdrew some of his sustaining power, and we see the creation is now corrupted, as it says in Romans chapter 8. Now, this is a very powerful point for Christian believers because we have a foundation on which we say this is what is true. Mm. And so whenever anything comes along, just put aside for a moment the controversy around creation evolution. When anything comes along where there are now a myriad of conspiracy theories that arise, we actually have a foundation that we can use as a touch point, uh, a place where we can say, I understand what is true. I understand that there are good and bad things. You know, some people talk about moral evil. Uh, Others will talk about, uh, you know, uh, a a more form of natural evil. evil, And uh, and that's where we'd probably put coronavirus under Mm. that natural evil uh, heading. Mm. So we've got a wonderful foundation on which to build an understanding of what is true. We have. We've got a framework of thinking, and that comes from the Bible. And if we have a, a whole view of the Bible and the big picture from the Bible, we have a way of understanding everything. And so while the Bible doesn't mention viruses specifically, it gives us a framework for thinking about disease and viruses and things like that. And of course, Jesus healed disease. I mean, it says in, uh, in Matthew, for example, uh, uh, the 10 healing miracles there are uh, uh, bookended by uh, the, the statement about Jesus healing people because that was a sign the Messiah was coming, because the Messiah was coming to undo what happened back in Genesis with Adam. So Jesus is actually called the last Adam, because he comes to to fix up what the first Adam did. And uh, so he comes and he heals people. So uh, this is all very much a part of our Christian way of thinking. Well, let's get into our conversation today around conspiracy theories and the coronavirus because there's an awful lot of them. I mentioned uh, there Uh were hundreds of websites that had come up with all sorts of conspiracy theories and uh, lots of those that you've not heard of, that I've not heard of, but listeners might even like to contribute today, either when we open our talkback lines or maybe through a... uh, uh, a note on our Facebook post today. But let's start with, uh, maybe start with some of the extreme ones. Uh, it's a bioweapon <laughs> used by China. Well, that's probably not so extreme. It's possible, of course, you know, that it could be. Um, but, um, you, you know, when, when, a, when, when a virus is engineered, genetically engineered, there's tools that have to be used to do that. And they leave telltale marks in the genome. So the, there's genetic letters in the in the RNA genome of the virus. Uh, this particular virus, the RNA genome, um, and these particular telltale markers that has been edited, if you like, are not there. So in other words, it hasn't been engineered. 
And and this has been sequenced, you know, the letter sequence has been worked out by dozens of labs around the world and they're doing it all the time because it's changing, it's evolving, it's mutating all the time. So it's changing and people are looking at it. And in fact, they can actually determine where you got your infection from because of the slight differences in the sequence of the letters. So this is done over and over and over again. There's no evidence that's been engineered. Now, that doesn't mean that people weren't involved in getting out. The, the evidence suggests that it might have been being researched at the Wuhan Virus Laboratory, the Virus Institute. So this is in Wuhan. And there was an outbreak of a disease amongst some miners in 2012, way off in Yunnan province, a thousand, over a thousand kilometres away. And half of these, uh, half a dozen miners were cleaning out a mine of bat dung. So they cleaned the dung out of the bat dung out of the mine. So somebody, somebody scored that job and uh, they yeah, obviously that, were not in the good books that day. Not, 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 <laughs> not, one, I'd, not one I'd put my hand up for. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> and they fell sick. Yep. And the sickness was the same symptoms as, as, as this coronavirus, we call it now, or COVID-19, same symptoms in 2012. And that virus, we think, ended up at the, at the institute, the Virus Institute. They're researching it. It possibly got escaped from there. The idea came from the, um, the wet markets, the, where they sell all sorts of live animals and things for consumption, uh, isn't consistent with the pattern of the outbreak. So there's a pointing a finger of blame, and so pointing to the wet markets may just be a pointing. There may be some deeper scientific connections back to, as you say, 2012, yeah. and uh, someone who had the unfortunate job working in that particular cave system. Hey, let's go to really one of the big extremes, and I know that you hadn't heard of this one before I suggested we might talk <laughs> about it today, a distraction from a doomsday asteroid that's on its way to destroy the earth yeah i haven't heard of that one <laughs> <laughs> so uh, somebody's obviously come up with that and i don't know why anybody would want to distract anybody from i mean why, why? i mean it just you, you've got to ask with all these things why would anybody do that to keep peace on earth <laughs> <laughs> well, is that an asteroid if, if we know, know that an asteroid's come and going to knock us off i mean what can you do about it i mean why Why would anybody distract us from that? It just doesn't add up. All right. Uh, let me just uh, say this very simple one uh, where people will just say, uh, oh, I don't think that uh, coronavirus is real. It's just a hoax. I mean, mm. hoax is a word uh, that sometimes uh, senior political leaders around the world might use mm. and sometimes might regret saying those sorts of things. But uh, there is this idea that some people will say because we haven't got a big outbreak here in Queensland, it must be just a hoax uh, because those people in Victoria might not think the same thing, although the numbers down there might be increasing. Well, thankfully they're on the decrease, which, <laughs> but they have have been increased, have increased, and it's been horrible for people in Victoria. Um, but you've got to ask countries like uh, Italy and Spain and the UK and the USA, is this all just a hoax? I mean, and people don't die from a hoax. No. You know, it's just, that's a crazy idea. Now, of course, that, that doesn't mean that there could be people political, politically motivated who are using it for their own ends. So don't, you know, that's a different thing. But let's, let's focus on the science, the facts, if you like. You talked about the facts. Let's focus on the facts uh, and distinguish that from the politics. In other words... What governments do, we can debate whether they're doing the right thing or the best thing, 
But let's not get caught up in dismissing, throwing the baby out of the bathwater yep. <laughs> by, by saying crazy things like it's a hoax or something like that. Okay, on the idea of a hoax, and as you say, and I think an important point, and listeners might like to contribute here because there is, whenever there's a crisis, a politicisation of the crisis. Indeed, So yes. there might be a scientific explanation for beginnings, but there are always people who are interested in power who are going to politicise whatever is happening. So uh, when we start talking this sort of issue of a hoax, uh, this idea that it's all a plot to make Donald Trump look bad in an election year, uh, there are obviously going to be those who will say anything just to get a headline. Well, that's true. And you've got to ask the question again, um, how would that make Donald Trump look bad? Now, it would look, if he handled it well, it would make him look good. So who's to know whether he's going to handle it good, well, well or bad? Uh, for example, in Western Australia, the prem- Premier over there uh, is keeping the border tightly shut. You think, well, he shouldn't be doing that because it's bad for the country. But 91% of Western Australians agree with him. Mm. So he's on a vote winner. He, he, he's on a vote winner. He's not going to let it go because so many people support what he does. And it's a bit like that in Queensland. A lot of Queenslanders support the hard border idea uh, of our Premier. And so she thinks it's a, an election winner for her, you know. And so regardless of what's the right thing to do, she's going to stick to that because she thinks it's an election winner. So the politics comes into play rather than actually doing th- what's right. So let's uh, cast a vision to Victoria for Victorian listeners to our conversation today and uh, the idea that uh, where there is a coronavirus crisis and you've got Premier Dan Andrews, uh, if he handles it well, he can politicise it to his own uh, benefit. Yes. If he handles it badly, as a lot of people are criticising him right now, uh, it is to his detriment. So this politicising, you've still got a, a major uh, workload ahead to try and make it go yeah. in your favour. That's right. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a big risk to take to actually do something like this for a political end when you can't actually predict what the political end is going to be. It might actually help your opponent rather than hinder them. Now, in, in President Trump's case, he's not handled it well. I have to say that. And so it's not helped him. But, uh, but nevertheless, you can't predict with these things uh, whether it's going to hurt. And the idea that it was released to sort of um, hurt some country or hurt the United States or hurt somebody rather, I mean, you're playing with fire. Um, you know, to deliberately release something like this to, you know, for some sort of nationalistic objective, um, you can't predict what the outcome is going to be in your own country. You're going to hurt your own country. Every country has actually been hurt by this. Uh, every country's GDP has gone down. The, the, the country with the least effect is Taiwan. And uh, Taiwan's handled this better than anybody uh, in terms of their, they haven't shut down their business, they haven't shut down their industry, they've had only seven deaths. Uh, they've, so they've handled this brilliantly. And you can go on the web and actually look up our Taiwan's success with the coronavirus and see what they've done. So isolate the infected people rather than isolating all the healthy people, etc. So uh, they've done a very good job of it. Yes, and all of those foundations uh, become the evidence for where we hope that our political decision makers are getting uh, some good source of foundation as to what works and what doesn't. Hey, let's go through some more of these uh, co- these conspiracy theories. 
Uh, and it, of course, of course, connects to uh, coronavirus, the idea that there might be a vaccine sometime very soon available. So a vaccine will be used to insert a chip into each of us. Uh, another conspiracy theory. Uh, it's another one that's floating around. Uh, yes, and of course, chips have been used in animals for donkey's years. Uh, cats and dogs, if you register your cat or dog with the local council, you have to have it chipped. Uh, which then you can run a scanner over the neck and it'll tell you, uh, you know, who it's been registered to, etc., etc. so they can trace it if it's out loose, um, and, uh, which is all very good. And you could do that with people. You could put, put a chip in people for tracing them. But here's the thing. If it was inserted with the vaccine, you can very quickly detect you've been chipped by running a scanner over <laughs> where you've been <laughs> injected. Good. And oh yeah, you know, stuck stuck a chip in me, you know, and that'll be the end of the vac- vaccination program. Nobody, nobody will get the vaccine. Yep. This is a crazy idea. No, nobody, no government's going to insert a chip with a vaccine if they want people to have the vaccine. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. Twenty twenty on Vision. Our talkback line open on one 316 talking conspiracy theories and coronavirus today. 1-800-316-316. Don Batten is our guest. Don leads Creation Ministries International. Let's take some calls, Don. Uh, Ian is on the line from Leeton in New South Wales. Hello, Ian. Welcome along. Irrigation area. G'day. G'day. How are you? How are you? How are you? Good, How are you? Ian. How what are your Ian? thoughts on yeah. our conversation today? A uh, conspiracy theory. I'm. I'm actually. I've actually got a, a group of friends that um, are very concerned about that the the um, vaccination is actually produced by aborted fe- aborted fe- fetuses, and uh, they actually sort of so convinced that this is the case. They keep putting stuff up on Facebook and and all these and other other people of and then criticising you know the um, the AOG churches that are actually trying to you know, promote um, vaccines and, and, and everybody else, like the, the Prime Minister, who's obviously got a Christian background, promoting vaccine. And then, you know, sort of, I'm sort of thinking, is, is there any truth in that? Uh, Ian, uh, great question. A good, good question. And um, if, you, if you go to creation.com and the uh, article there on vaccines written by Dr. Jonathan Safady actually goes into some detail about this. There are a, are a couple of vaccines which are which are produced using a cell line, a human cell line, uh, which yeah. supposedly came from an aborted baby in the 1960s, 1962. Um, it's not actually clear whether the cell line came from an aborted baby or it came from a miscarriage, a normal miscarriage. Um, but in either case, the baby the baby was not aborted for the purpose of making a vaccine. So that's the first thing. There was never any yeah. baby aborted for the purpose of making a vaccine. The vac- some, of the va- some of the viruses, not, this is only a tiny number, uh, are cultivated in this human cell line for the purpose of making a vaccine. But uh, the idea that the baby was aborted for the purpose of doing that is wrong. Uh, so uh, the, the other thing is that if you needed a kidney transplant and you went to the hospital to get a kidney, and you found out that the kidney came from a person who was killed by a drunk driver, would you refuse to have the, the kidney? Because the kidney came from sin, didn't it? Yes, yeah, I, I understand what you're you saying. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. the, fact yeah. that, the fact that sin was involved in producing the kidney would not mean you would refuse to have it. 
because it saves your life. So I am pro-vaccination and I'm pro-life in terms I'm very anti-abortion. I don't agree with using uh, uh, embryonic stem cells and things like that. Uh, Creation.com, we've got dozens of articles. We are strongly pro-life, anti-abortion, pro-life, so we are pro-vaccination. And uh, so people need to think hard about this, about rejecting vaccination because of some connection which may or may not be there back to the 1960s and the baby was not aborted for the purpose of making a vaccine. Just before we let you go, Ian, of course, you're aware that senior church leaders in our nation have written to the Prime Minister saying we'd like an alternative to well, the vaccine. Well, there are alternatives. That's the point, too. There, there's actually about 160 different vaccines under development around the world for coronavirus. There's 29 of them, I think, are already in human trials. And only one of them that I know of actually has this taint over it, and that's the one AstraZeneca company in the United Kingdom, which unfortunately our federal government signed this agreement with. There's one at the University of Queensland, for example, which is also a top runner, and the federal government has invested $5 million to help them develop this. The one at the University of Queensland doesn't involve any of these uh, human cell lines that could be uh, you know, considered uh, come from an aborted uh, baby. And I think there's going to be a reluctance from a lot of Christian leaders to uh, to make the advice that you shouldn't have one particular vaccine over another. Uh, but there is going to be an element of doubt there for some who do want to stay specifically on a very, in this case, a narrow pro-life stance. And uh, according to their conscience, you wouldn't say don't, uh, or do or don't have the vaccine. Uh, I mean, you know, it's difficult to actually say a yes or no there, and some people will say you leave that to your conscience. Well, well this is where I think if the government has a choice, they should choose one that, which isn't based on this, so that there's no objection from anybody on any basis. Uh, that, that that would be the preference, I would think. So you would minimise the idea that people might reject the vaccine right. Min- and therefore... Minimise the objections, that's right. Exactly. Ian, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Jason in Albany in WA. Hi, Jason, welcome. Hey, how you going? Very good, Jason. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are if, um, if this virus is as deadly as what they're saying it is, then why are there a lot of doctors and very well-respected um, doctors coming out saying that this isn't as bad as what we've been told to believe? And why is there the um, cases being thought like, you know, being misinterpreted and, um, I guess, lied to? Okay, so you have uh, doctors in groups that are divided and uh, even, as I understand it, doctors within the AMA uh, where there's uh, groups that are uh, believing one thing and others that are disagreeing and perhaps that's a healthy thing. But what are your thoughts here, Don, for Ian? Yeah, I, I don't know of many many doctors that are saying that it's not, not deadly or anything like that. Uh, the, the figures that tell, that tell the story, I mean, uh, the, the only countries... There's only a handful of countries that really have a good handle on how many people are infected with this, and Australia's one of them. Um, we have only... Now, what are the figures? I've got the figures here, actually. I'll get the figures for you. Um, the uh, it's, Yes, people are saying, oh, it's just the flu. What's, what's, the, what's the deal? You know, that's the sort of idea. But it's actually not just the flu. In Australia, we have 0.4% of tests are positive, only 0.4%. 
Uh, so four in every thousand people that are tested actually are positive for the coronavirus. Um, and we have a death rate of 3% of those. So in other words, there's not many people would be escaping the test. In other words, we've got a pretty good handle on how many people are infected with it, and the death rate's 3%. The death rate from flu typically is 0.1%. So this is much, much higher, 30 times the death rate of influenza. And there is a vaccine for influenza, whereas there's no vaccine for coronavirus, and there may never be, I might add. There's no guarantee there'll be a vaccine. Um, South Korea... Um, only uh, 1% of tests are positive and their death rate is uh, 2.1%. So this is a sort of typical death rate. Uh, Germany, 2% of tests are positive. In other words, not many people are escaping the test. There's, this is a pretty good handle on how many people have it. Uh, and the death rate is 4%, right? So this is not the flu and it's not, not a minor thing. Now, the other thing is, it's not just, it's not just like the flu that causes a, um, you know, a respiratory thing. It's actually affects your blood and so what we're looking at here is the immediate death rate but people are actually suffering and dying months later from the secondary effects and because clots form in your blood and the clots damage your liver your kidney your heart your lungs your brain and people the the second doctor in Wuhan in China who announced to the world that this was happening died three months after being infected from the secondary effects and they're nasty secondary effects. So this is no light matter. So I've had some, some of my friends say, oh, you, I don't mind if I'm infected. It's nothing, you know. I said, you need to, read, you need to know more about it because you do, want, do not want this. Uh, you could be seriously affected. And young people can have this serious effects. Like people say, oh, it's only old people. That doesn't matter. Only old people don't do <laughs> that matter. Um, but the young people can have these secondary effects organ damage which lasts for a lifetime okay so 30 times more likely to kill you yeah than the regular flu yeah. and a powerful concept to think about and uh, we might talk about the source of that sort of information uh, as we go here thank you so much to jason uh, wonderful to hear from you taking calls 1-800-316-316 let's take another call Anne is on the line from labrador in queensland hi Anne. welcome yeah i just want to know is it that the vaccine that we're gonna have um do we just trust the lord in that that he will protect us and and we won't ever sort of get it or do we are we forced to have the vaccine or what would God want us to do in in that that Pacific area uh, good thought Anne what are your uh, what's your insight here Don? yeah I there's a there's an issue here that if God provides a way for us to protect our health and we say reject that way of protecting our health so, oh God will protect me that's really tempting God uh, it's, it's uh, if God provides if we're praying for, if we're out in the desert and praying for water because uh, we've run out of water, um, yeah. and then somebody comes along and offers us a drink, and we say, I don't know, God's going to provide. <laughs> <laughs> Take the drink if the drink is there. You know, God provided the guy with a drink to give you a drink, and you've refused it because you want God to do it supernaturally. And there's this idea of uh, the science being separated from God. In fact, uh, it's because of God that we have science that gives us the capacity to be able to have a uh, absolutely a vaccine. Absolutely. In fact, modern science okay. came out of Christian thinking uh, in, the, in the Reformation. Uh, modern scientific right. project came out of that. So God's given us science. He's given us uh, clever people who are doing clever things to protect our health. 
Um, we need to use those things. Now, there comes a time, of course, when we don't, because we, we don't know, uh, even the experts don't know, and, and we fall on God's uh, miraculous healing uh, when, when it's necessary. But when he provides a way for us to protect our health, uh, for example, if I, if I just indulge in, if I don't exercise, I just sit around, I become a slob and a, a couch potato and I, I eat, eat all the wrong things and everything, I say, oh, God will protect me. You know, I mean, there's a certain consequence to being stupid. <laughs> okay. All right, Anne, well, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. We're coming up to the news just very quickly here on using a valid and significant uh, source for the evidence on which you might base your understanding of these things. And people heard you quoting some statistics there, Don. Uh, what are your thoughts about about having a reliable source for your understanding about yeah. these things. So this is a bit quickly. like I used to fly gliders, you know, and uh, and of course when you learn to fly, you get a qualified instructor. You know, you don't ask the baker to t- teach you to fly. You know, <laughs> you could. Well, unless unless the baker's qualified at, at teaching you to fly. Okay. But what I'm saying is that so often we take information from people who know nothing about the subject. You know, and we need to be listening to people who do have qualifications and special knowledge about these special subjects. Now, that doesn't mean we just gullibly accept anybody, just because someone's got a doctor, that we accept what they say. Um, we need to balance it and weigh it up. Um, uh, uh, you know, we get a second opinion if you like, you know. But if you've got cancer, you don't go to the butcher to get no. fixed up for it. You okay. Know? Uh, Don, let's take some more calls before we move any further. Uh, let's first of all let's hear from John. Uh, sorry, from Darshan in Gyra in New South Wales. Hello, Darshan. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Good morning, Neil. Um, yeah, I just wanted just to add a a little comment because I believe um, the, the 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 term conspiracy theory gets thrown around um, way too much. Um, it's it's a it's an easy way to discredit anyone who might have a differing opinion in any way from, you know, what the mainstream media might, you know, might, might be uh, saying or anything like that. And I just wanted to throw something in which I haven't heard mentioned um, anywhere. And, and it's, it basically goes to the, to the foundation that, you know, essentially um, we've, we've got to look at um, the way actions are, are unfolding and with government doing uh, certain uh, performing certain actions, we've got to look at um, what the authority is uh, for the actions that they've got, and and I, I believe a lot of people um, are just uh, are sort of accepting uh, things on face value without actually um, sort of uh, looking into into where the the authority comes from. And your your, your speaker uh, mentioned that you don't go to a baker, you know, to learn how to hang glide, and you don't go to a butcher to um, you know, to check for your heart or, or check for your health. Um, yeah, we've we've got um, we've got government which is created by man, in which um, it we've we've granted it specific authority to perform 
specific functions. It's kind of like uh, you don't go to your toaster to make you a cup of coffee. Yeah. And, you're making and, some uh, good points here. What I can hear you saying is uh, governments are legislating and making decisions on our behalf, and we'd like to think we can trust them to make those yeah, uh, right decisions. Yeah. Uh, so get a yeah, thought Neil, or two Neil, here just, from... Uh, yeah, yeah, be quick. Yeah, Neil, can I just point... Yeah, okay. I just want to point out that, that our, our supreme law is the Constitution. It recognises Almighty God in the preamble. Um, it's, it's, it's the supreme law of our land. You go to section 116, it says, the Commonwealth shall not make any law for establishing any religion or imposing any religious observance or, pro, or for prohibiting the free exercise of any religion uh, and no religion's test shall be required as a qualification for any office or public trust under the Commonwealth. Now, all the churches have been closed down during coronavirus. We've got to ask ourselves, under what mechanism, um, you know, does, does governments have for, for doing these things? And that's where conspiracy theories jump up because, because uh, you, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, like, this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is. This no, and is so right now, as Christian believers, we ought to be either believing or even coming up with these sorts of theories as to why the church is being closed, uh, because there's uh, medical issues, there's economic issues, there's spiritual issues at play. Let's get a thought from Don Batten. Don, your thoughts for Darshan? Uh, yeah, Darshan, uh, thanks for your thoughts. The uh, Commonwealth. Our Commonwealth Constitution, of course, doesn't bind the states. Uh, so um, while the federal government is not shutting down churches, the state governments are, are passing these regulations and the state governments are not bound by the federal constitution in that regard. So there's a lot of things like in state governments have got these uh, tribunals that uh, you know deal with supposed hate speech and all these sorts of things trying to shut down freedom of speech and things like that. It, the federal government couldn't do that, but the state governments can because they're not bound by the federal constitution. Um, so there's a very different thing at play here. Now, a question, we, as I said and in the first session, uh, we can question the political responses to these things, but let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater and throw the science out about the virus and its effects and its, it does cause death and so on and how we might deal with it. But the point is this... Um, being in church for an hour and a half with singing is a very high-risk enterprise if the virus is in that congregation. Now, if the virus isn't there, of course, it's not a problem. And this is where we can question some of the things that have been going. So, for example, a lot of, pa- a lot of places in Queensland, there's no virus whatsoever. Why can't the churches meet? Um, why can't everything happen in those places? Uh, so why is everything shut down if it's just a little cluster? And this is where our Prime Minister has been trying to get our state governments to recognise hotspots. And so if there's a hotspot, yeah, uh, it's not wise for people to meet in congregations in, in uh, large numbers, especially singing, because singing generates a lot of aerosol, very infectious, and it spreads the virus. And this, is, this has been shown uh, over and over again with the, with the research that's been done. So... Um, there's a tendency to think, oh, they're, they're again the churches. Well, that, you know, that's possible. Some of the politicians would be. Um, but there's a good scientific reason why um, uh, enclosed space, meeting, singing for an hour and a half, not a good idea if there are, if there are infectors around. Uh, so th- this would be a thing as Christians. We have a duty of care to one another, to love our neighbour as ourself, and that would mean... Uh, being careful about infecting anybody else that might cause their death. 
Thank you so much to Darshan for your input today. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. Just before we move on, uh, this idea of a blanket ban across the whole areas of states and territories around Australia and uh, closing of churches where there is no evidence of any coronavirus, Mm. we might hope that our legislators have access to something a little more sophisticated that if they can identify a hotspot that should be locked down, they should be able to identify those places that are free and stop crippling the economy. We might uh, might just get a little bit common sense in all of that and and question the sophistication of what our political leaders are hearing if they could do that. Uh, and if there might be some sort of motive that they have, as we talk about politicising the virus, uh, that may be being used for their own political mm. uh, forward movement. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from John in Campbelltown in Sydney. Hi, John, welcome. Hello, uh, it's good to be on air. Uh, I often wanted to uh, forward, uh, call in some of these uh, questions you throw out at times. Uh, look, um, I have a... And I was just here from the Sword of the Lord, an American Christian newspaper, and uh, the date is the 20th of July, 2020, and it reads, COVID-19 has properties that have never been found in nature before. New Zealand and British vaccine scientists have published unequivocally evidence that SARS-CoV-2 and cannabis responsible for the COVID-19 is man-made. And it's quite a descriptive here. Um, the author states two conclusions. Mutations that would normally be seen in the course of an animal to human transmissions have not been found, indicating it was fully pre-adapted for human infection. And uh, has, they have inserted into its protein sequences that have never been detected by nature or contributed... Hey John, just let me ask you what the, what the source is. Yeah, what's uh, the source for this? This is um, from the Christian newspaper, Sword of the Lord, from America. Yeah, but what's the source of it? Is it? I mean, is this a pastor Lord. saying this, or is it actually scientists yes, that have yes, actually yes. worked this out? Yeah. You know, I mean, so what's well, the source Norgian of it? And British and, yeah, Norgian and British and vaccine scientists have published unequivocally evidence. Yeah, hang on a minute. That's an interpretation of what they've published. So I, I, I'm, I, look at, I look for this sort of information, and... Uh, as I said, you mightn't have been on air, you mightn't have been listening in the first session, but um, if a virus is edited by scientists, there are certain techniques that are used for that, and they, it's, they're called editing genes, editing proteins, editing things, and they, they leave telltale markers in the genome which show that it's been edited, and there's no sign of that in this virus. The second thing is, this is absolute fact, it's 96% the same as a bat virus, a particular bat coronavirus, um, which killed these miners in 2012 in uh, in Yunnan province in China. So 96% the same, um, no evidence of it being edited. So I don't know where this information is coming from. John, I'm not sure we're able to resolve that question that you've called in on, but I uh, want to thank you so much for calling through on one 316 Let's see if we can squeeze in some more calls. Let's hear from Rod in Brisbane in Queensland. Hi, Rod. Welcome. Good morning, Neil, and how are you this morning? Very well, Rod. Uh, need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Yep, sure. Um, 
I just heard you speaking to that lady before about, you know, not sticking your head in, your, in the sand and using what is available to um, combat this virus, whether it be a vaccine. But I was just thinking I've heard some stuff about hydroxychloroquine. I believe that that from what I've read and seen that it does combat this virus, but pharmaceutical companies can't make money off it because it's already out there and they can't patent it and... Okay, Make well, people use it. Well, there's, let's look at whether it works or not. So um, there's, there's quite a few doctors in the United States are using not just hydroxychloroquine, but hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, which is an antibiotic, and zinc together. It's a triple, triple uh, treatment, three, three things they use together. And when used early, there's good evidence that it actually is effective at stopping deaths. Um, so there's another one which is an Australian development by the doctor who worked out how to how to treat uh, uh, stomach ulcers, you know, um, and as, uh, from Western Australia, this guy, and he, he and others uh, reckon that ivermectin, which is a um, uh, a drug used to control worms in people and, and animals, uh, been around for decades, like hydroxychloroquine, uh, good safety record, well known, cheap. Uh, that combined with a, a, an antibiotic, uh, doxycycline in this case, and zinc again, uh, those three are effective. And some countries like India and also there's other countries that are using this, tech, this uh, triple treatment as well. Again, the problem is the politicisation of these things. I think because Pre- President Trump was gung-ho about hydroxychloroquine, therefore so many people are against it because he, he was gung- for it. Um, simple thing we have Clive Palmer here who bought 20 million doses I think of hydroxychloroquine and because Clive pushed it yeah, people are not keen about it this is, this is where politics comes to play in making decisions rather than actually following the evidence and it's a really sad thing that that's the case all right, thank you so much to Rod for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. It is a big question, though, and uh, comes under this conspiracy theory idea that uh, if Big Pharma, uh, the big pharmaceutical companies can't make money out of what might be a, a treatment for uh, what could be, you know, a gold mine so far as, uh, you know, a new big pandemic, uh, then somehow or other they might downplay those things that work. Any thoughts? on that well it's 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 incredible because there are so many different pharmaceutical companies there's not just one they're in different countries we have different national governments we have universities doing research um, it's it's just impossible for s- certain big pharma to control everything and stop people from actually using drugs that are available I mean it's just not possible okay we're taking calls let's hear from David in Perth hi Dave welcome along Yes, hello, uh, Neil. Um, good to hear that some Bereans are out there um, detecting the information. <laughs> good. Okay. Uh, Did you have a thought to, so, to offer? Yes, I, I touched on some of the points. I've got about three points uh, coming up. I think the main thing we need to back up um, is around conspiracy theories is that this main area of distrust. Now, well, let's back up. Let's go look at um, things like... Uh, the medical cannabis and how that has been a war for about 100 years and then, and they, uh, they were using that in the early stages. Uh, all, all the doctors were using it as a uh, cure-all and then the pharmaceutical companies 
um, didn't want that. And then, so I just touched on what you said before. So there's a little bit of evidence that there's a bit of a, a play there, a political pr- play, and how they um, went into the universities and, um, you know, funded uh, their kind of uh, sort of politics to follow their sort of program because they're providing the money. And then we'll go into something like Lyme's disease, which is uh, uh, recognised in America and isn't recognised here. So if you get Lyme's disease here, you have to go to America to get treated. Um, David, what you're saying is there's lots of things not to trust. Uh, Don, a quick thought for, for David? Yeah, we, d- we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a sinful full world and there'll be people always trying to do the, do the, to do things to feather their own nest and politicians do it. And and uh, But there's a, there's a simple thing here with the financing of research and that is that, um, uh, yes, where there's money to be made, you can finance the research because you can get a payoff at the end of it <clears throat> and that tends to um, bias research towards things which um, are saleable, um, are new and that sort of thing. But I don't see it as conspiracy. I just see it as the nature of the beast, in a sense, uh, that um, uh, people are not going to put money into things they can't make money out of. Uh, that's what it, that's what it amounts to. David, thank you so much for your call. And because we're running short of time, let's take another one, though. Bridget is on the line from Albany in WA. Bridget, welcome. Hi, how are you going? Very well. What are your thoughts? Hey, Bridget. That's good. Yeah, I just wondered how how how, how are you, Don? Um, just wanted to one thing. This is a conversation I don't think anyone's brought up. It's one thing that's been put on my heart throughout this whole COVID thing, and um, is that I think when Christians jump on the bandwagon with every um, theory that's going around, like the five G and all the rest of it, it's great in the moment. But the reality is, if you're one of those people that is onto every conspiracy theory and you're putting it on Facebook, I think it really um, tarnishes your testimony for Christ. And I think over time, you know, and that's my biggest probably concern. And look, I love a good conspiracy theory. Um, I grew up in a house where (laughs) with Christian parents and my dad, yeah, my dad was onto every conspiracy theory. It's really interesting if you're that way inclined. But, (laughs) you know, I think for our children growing up in this time, we just need to be really vigilant that um, I grew up in a state of hypervigilance because you were just just waiting for doomsday, you know, um, and you were just waiting for the end of the world to happen. You can sort of get to the point where your kids think, what is the point in even trying or, you know, going ahead and sort of making a life for yourself because it's this is part of the end times and it's all any day now. Jesus is coming back, but it can, in some time, some ways, it can have quite a negative impact on our kids. So yeah. I just wanted to bring that point up and, and just, yeah, be careful that it's not impacting our witness for Christ. If people can't trust us with everything we're coming out with, then maybe Christ is just another conspiracy theory. I think those are good thoughts, Very Don. good, very good, very good thoughts. And, uh, and we are, as Christians, called to be honest. This is the thing. And uh, that means when we transmit stuff we hear from others, we need to check that it's true and not be part of spreading things which are false. And uh, so, uh, for example, um, uh, Proverbs 12, verse 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. And, of course, right through the Bible, uh, Jesus actually said that the Pharisees, in lying about things, were Satan's children. He, he linked lying to Satan. Satan was the father of lies. And so you make a very good point, Bridget, that as Christians we should be truthful. That means we don't transmit things we don't know are true. We might hear some juicy bit and think, oh, wow, that's great. And then, But don't do that. Please 
check it, make sure that it's true before you pass it on. Otherwise, you are aiding and abetting deceit, lies, and it is very bad for our Christian witness. Thank you so much, Bridget. We're going to have to draw a line under those calls. We have run out of time. Uh, Just quickly, to top things off here, Don, because while we're talking about conspiracy theories and there's been a few outlandish ones and there's been a bunch of great ones that have some sort of foundation that people are basing their thoughts on, uh, the idea of what we hear from the researchers, uh, what we hear via the media, and what we might see on social media, there's uh, social media is the one here that's really out of control. So mm. I, I suspect that you'd be giving to people a caution about what they actually do pick up from social media, and you always check the source. Check the source, that's right. Check the source. Go back to the actual science, what people have actually shown, um, and there's some good science being done about this virus and uh, some very interesting science about how it's transmitted through aerosol, um, the effectiveness, by the way, of face masks. Uh, even ones made at home with double cotton layer, almost as effective as a surgical mask and this sort of thing. And it protects others because we're not spreading our aerosol to them. And, of course, uh, you know, that can deepen, can't it, if we talk about face masks indoors and outdoors? Well, that's a big thing. There's absolutely no purpose, in no point in wearing a face mask outdoors uh, because the amount of virus floating around in the air outdoors is virtually zero. And, uh, but indoors, especially if you're indoors for a period of time, uh, um, enclosed, air-conditioned, that's when the virus transmits. Well, a lot of our Victorian listeners didn't want to hear you say that because they're under a a compulsion to wear their masks outdoors. Which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Okay. And uh, Don, just to quickly mention, because time is running out, uh, you released at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic a wonderful little brochure that has the title The Coronavirus Catastrophe, Am I Going to Die? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything still in there? Uh, has yeah, it's it, good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still available. You can actually print your own. Go to the website creation.com and search for tracts and, or just coronavirus and you'll find it there. You can print your own or you can order quantities of them. It's cheaper to order the quantities than it is to make, print them yourself. Uh, a free resource. People yeah. can download that, print it off. Yeah. Uh, you can have it around a dinner table conversation if yeah. you're allowed to have guests around yeah. or if you've got your family around the table uh, and uh, use it as a, a starter to talk about what's true, what's real and what might be a conspiracy theory that you might be wasting your time with uh, because yeah, we do want to get back down to the facts. And opportunity to share the gospel because exactly. people are concerned, they're worried and so on and uh, that people are thinking about the spirituality at this time because of what's happening. And you know, Don Batten, as we aren't able to talk a lot about creation evolution today, but everyone listening to our conversation over this past hour will have a wonderful uh, newfound idea about where a creationist comes from. And uh, this idea of having some level of common sense that you apply to the evidence uh, is where a creationist sits. Uh, It's not as though we're on the uh, airy-fairy side. Uh, you might say, you know, one man's truth is another man's conspiracy theory. And uh, people will say, oh, that Don Batten, he's got a conspiracy theory that God is a creator. Uh, but uh, but there is a certain sense. I know listeners will have an appreciation for your common sense, uh, for your expectation that you'll look at the evidence. Uh, 
and that you look at the evidence through eyes that believe that there is a creator and that brings things to life. Absolutely. Uh, Wonderful to have you once again. Uh, We'll do this again very soon. Thanks so much for being with us on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Good to be with you. And remember, the website is creation.com. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.